Chad's always right, and Davis is always wrong. That's in the Geneva Convention. All that and more next on Dot in the Eye with Davis and Chad. I apologize for absolutely nothing. Like, people do not understand how much this rivalry means. I'm talking complete devastation in Ann Arbor. And the Buckeyes are in the CFP. Can't say Hongnitz now. Sit on the air. What's up, Buckeye Nation? And welcome back to Dotting the Eye with Davis and Chad. I'm usually the positive person, but that was hot garbage. Oh my God. I'm probably going to lose my freaking job. Dude, are you serious? That's literally the dumbest thing I've ever heard you say. I'm sorry, dude. This is not Michigan State. This is Ohio State. We either win or die trying. Go Bucks. OH. What's up, Hawkeye Nation, and welcome to Dot in the Eye with Davis and Chad. Um, we are here again, and I, dude, I just can't believe how many episodes we've been recording lately. It's almost like we have a podcast for real. Yeah, it finally feels normal, doesn't it? I wouldn't know about feeling normal. I haven't felt normal since about eighth grade, but <laughs> but yeah. I First of all, nobody feels normal in eighth grade. That's like the most awkward age level that you could possibly be at. Well, I'm going to tell you this much right now. Uh, I didn't have gray hair. My back didn't hurt. So that was pretty damn normal to me. I remember, you know, we were comparing to see who had the first armpit hair. That's true, man. And the the worst part is, is that you got it first and then also lost hair first. Yeah, that's, weird the, way, that works. that's the way the world works, isn't <laughs> that's it? That's the way the real, world works. Real freaking fair. Thou shalt giveth, thou shalt taketh away. <laughs> oh, man. So, dude, I'm, I'm pretty excited because uh, we got some big, big news for the podcast, man. Some big news. Yeah, so uh, if you haven't already stumbled upon it, uh, we did link them in our Twitter and our Facebook page. Uh, but we now have a website. It is dtipodcast.com. Um, on there, you can find our most rec- recent episodes. We also have a link to our past episodes. And we also, it's a great way to track our upcoming um, prop bets that we do during season. Um, and there's a lot of other uh, interactive fun stuff on there as well. So if you if you get a chance, uh, check out our new website, dtipodcast.com. Absolutely. And there's going to be a lot of stuff coming up. And guys, we've got some really good ideas uh, for some some contests and some things that we want to do. And uh, we're working with a couple of uh, people on the possibility of a, a new sponsorship. Um, and also, on top of that, like, you know, we're going to put some stuff on there that's not going to be on our other social media pages. So, like I said, make sure you uh, swing by and uh, check it out. But uh, enough of the uh, plug. Let's talk some Ohio State football. Yeah, so season is, uh, I mean, what, two weeks away just about? I mean, depending days. upon, yeah, just about. Well, uh, when you when, guys hear this, it'll probably be like six. When like we're recording, yeah. So yeah. we're getting close to kind of getting to that normal schedule where we will put out our game preview, and then we will also have a post game, and then any other important information will be included in those episodes. So we decided let's go ahead now that you know we're getting close to that, and let's go ahead and preview this season as a whole. We'll kind of look through the schedule here. We'll talk about maybe some important games, and this is still on the heels of not knowing exactly who our quarterback is. I mean, maybe by the time you listen, this has been announced. Um, I know there's been some grumblings and some things that I've heard from other podcasts and other sources that maybe someone might be starting to, you know, kind of take the lead on that. I don't know if I want to reveal anything because well, I don't share know the how wealth, accurate bud. it is. Share the wealth. I mean – you can you always know, share what you hear. It doesn't well, mean just word, word on the street is that this past Saturday when they had their scrimmage, um, one quarterback shined and the other one did not. And the one that shined was not Kyle McCord. So, so I take, like how there was only two options. There was only two options. <laughs> well, like, there's Lincoln Conholtz too. But you made us think that we had to guess. You know, <laughs> like we still I'm, had to do math. I'm just not coming out and saying it. Um, I think maybe I'm really starting to get on board with that being a real possibility. Again, I don't know how accurate some of the things that I'm hearing are, but I mean, in my opinion, he needs to hurry up and probably name this starter here within the next handful of days because we don't need to be getting into game prep week and it's still not even announced. Do you remember we talked about this before, though, how there was grumblings out there and a couple of big time people, I can't even remember who said it, but. People were talking about that they thought that this may go into the first week of the season. 
you know, and everybody's like, oh, no, Ryan Day is not going to do that. But, dude, the more this goes on, and I'm still not saying it will, but it feels that way. Well, I sure hope not. The only thing I can think in the top of my head is that Ryan Day and the staff probably have a pretty good idea who they are going to pick. But they want this competition to continue, at least for the rest of fall camp, just to try to keep both quarterbacks in it. You know what I mean? Because I feel like if he goes ahead and names one now and say it is Devin Brown, Kyle McCord could very easily just go to the transfer portal. But I feel like if we can kind of keep the minute through fall camp and make him understand, hey, you know, you're one play away from being the guy. We need you on standby. This is a close thing. You know, you never know how the season's going to play out. Because we don't have a tremendous amount of depth there and definitely not a lot of experience. I mean, the most experience we have is Tristan Gebbia that we got a transfer from Oregon State. So we really need to try to keep all these quarterbacks here for the time being. And uh, I mean, I I think if Comicord does get named, I I have a lot more faith that Devin Brown will stick around and, you know, put the work in. But I feel like if the role is reversed – I question whether or not Kyle McCord will hang around. I mean, it is hard to put yourself in the transfer portal, you know, by the end of camp and not even give the season a try, especially in the fact that it's going to be hard for him to get on somewhere and then become a starter like that. So I don't really know. I'm just more or less playing devil's advocate with that. So that's kind of where I'm at. The biggest thing that kills me is that I don't feel like I really know a lot about either one. You know what I mean? We have a small sample size. Um, you know, Kyle McCord, but as far as uh, Devin Brown's concerned, we really don't have a lot, man. You watch his tape, uh, you read what you hear um, from practice, but we didn't really get to see him in the spring game much, uh, you know, due to an injury. So, I mean, that's everybody's best guess. You just hear what you hear. Um, for me, it's just more the the style of quarterback that I think he is that uh, that drags me in, like we've talked about before. I used to be a guy that wants a pocket passer, a gunslinger back there. Like, I always wanted that at Ohio State. And we've had it. Uh, we had Dwayne Haskins. Uh, we had C.J. Stroud. Um, and now that I've had that and I've had, you know, your Justin Fields and your Braxton Miller, um, I want Justin Fields or Braxton Miller at Ohio State. Um, yeah, that, that's I understand. I and also what I'm hearing for also from not just the scrimmage, but, you know, just kind of consistent wise, I'm not even 100 percent sure Kyle McCord is even the better passer from what I'm hearing. I'd love to see. I'd love to see it. Well, I mean, what do you think? How would you feel about this, though, before we move on to something else? How would you feel if this did leak into the season? And maybe it was a situation where uh, Kyle McCord gets uh, half of a game and Brown gets the other I th- half. I think we're in trouble. I think we're in trouble. If you think th- if because, that happens? Yes, yes. I, I think if you if you see that happening within the first few weeks, we're in trouble this year. I Why? think I think they definitively – because – it, it's really hard to get some continuity between the quarterback and, you know, the rest of the offense and some consistency and getting those players to trust in you. And if you don't even have that faith from the coaching staff in who's the play caller, then it's going to bleed out to the rest of the offense. And you're going to see, you know, just things are not going to time up right. And it may not matter for a handful of games, but you're going to see here in a minute when we start going through the schedule, they don't have that long before we have our first real test. And with this kind of schedule, I th- we're, we might be able to have one hiccup and that's it. And yeah, there's at least the, a handful on here that are going to be difficult. What's the difference between that and what you said before? I don't understand the difference between if it leaks into the season and you got one guy playing a half and the other guy playing another half to fight for um, you know, the starting job. And then you're saying, like, well, if Devin Brown gets it, you don't want Kyle McCord to know that soon so he can't transfer out. But you're telling him he's just one play away. That puts pressure on Devin Brown. If you're telling yeah, Kyle but, McCord he's one play away, Devin McCord's thinking I'm one play team, away and lose my job. You have to, as a team, definitively have someone at the helm that is running the show now. And I think even before the end of camp, I think it's important they do that so that way they can get legitimate ones sticking with ones and two sticking with twos and try to get some continuity there. So that way it's not just, okay, we only have one week now of preparation for an away game. That's a conference game, first game of the season. And he's just now trying to fill into the role of, Hey, this is my team. You know, I well, feel the part like it kind of irks me. It's is that mental. They are, well, the part that irks me is that I'm not taking this as a positive. People aren't out there saying like, hey, uh, there's a quarterback competition going at Ohio State and both choices are just so exquisite 
that we can't decide which one. Like, it makes me feel like the way that they portray it is that there's a quarterback battle going on and nobody has really taken the reins. Nobody has emerged as a better quarterback and a leader at this point. So and they like, say. So they so say. They say. But you know, you know how I mean? Ryan Day doesn't ever come out and tell you know the whole truth, and but he talks cryptic it, all the time. But doesn't that paint it in a more negative light than a positive light? Well, that's what we choose to believe it as, absolutely. But I think there's been some things that you know he's said to where you know they're still not quite where they need to be. We need to see more consistency that do sound negative. So I agree. I I can completely understand why the majority of people probably see this as a negative thing that someone hasn't really shown up. So. So when do you think he's going to announce it? Let me ask you that. If you have, if you were a bet man, um, when do you think we're going to know? About well, it? as the day we're recording, August sixteenth, which is a Wednesday evening, I think it will be next Monday. I think five days from today, you will you will know who the starter is, hmm. and that will give them almost two weeks. Yeah, two weeks to kind of take charge of this team and see what you got. So I tend that, to agree. That's my guess. I tend to agree. Um, but I would not be surprised if whether or not they knew it internally, they didn't say it out loud until game week. Yeah, and, and, and I think that's real possibility, too. So, I mean, I think there's a chance they've already made up their mind. But, yes, I mean, I I think maybe finally announcing it might also try to relieve some of the pressure and all of the extra questions always surrounding them because at some point you get tired of answering the same questions over and over. And I know they're trying to maybe – be a little more cryptic about this stuff, but at some I was point, say, you know why just, they get tired of answering the same questions? Because they never they, answer. Yeah, them. I know. <laughs> All right, so let's. So again, uh, a lot of what we're going to talk about here, we're not necessarily going to go through the entire schedule and be like, "Here's a win, here's a loss, here's a win, here's a loss." But let's just kind of look at this schedule and see what we think are some of, you know, the more important games or the ones that could hold us up. And this is still again not knowing who the quarterback's going to be. And at this point, it's almost irrelevant because you may think one way about Kyle McCord, you may think one way about Devin Brown, but we don't know exactly what we're going to get on the field with either one. So we're going to take this as, I guess, hopefully whatever quarterback we end up putting out there is still going to be surrounded with enough talent on the, uh, on the offensive side of the ball that they're going to be a top five, top 10 offense in the country. I that's the that. way that's the way I'm taking it as. I mean, there's way too much talent surrounded on this offense. And I yeah, don't think the quarterback matter. is going to be completely inept. Yeah, I mean, let's put it this way. You are most likely right, but I don't feel that way. How can I feel that way if I've not seen if I don't really know? Really, I don't know diddly about either quarterback. So it dude, it and like we've seen with any other sport out there, just because you have a great supporting cast doesn't mean you know what I mean. Like, dude, if you put Todd Beckman on the New England Patriots, they're not going to win a Super Bowl. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't matter what you have around you. So that's kind of that's where I lie. You know, we always got to throw Todd with? Beckman in the dirt. I mean, didn't well, he not take all, us to a national title game? Dude, don't get me started. <laughs> <laughs> let's 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 stay on track here. We got a lot to cover, and we're going to try to keep it keep it so, not too long. Let me start it off then. The first game when I look at this schedule, I'm worried about Indiana right out of the gate. Okay, we know games two and three to me are cupcake games. We're not worried about that. But it is hard for me to completely overlook the fact that we are going to have a new quarterback, whoever it may be, on the road in the Big Ten to open up. Um, Not a lot of new growing pains, you know what I mean? And Indiana has not been a good football team for quite a while. But it's still a Big Ten game. It's still on the road. It's still the first game. So I tend to not want to glaze over that right away. Uh, I understand what you're saying, but I think our defense is going to be much improved. And the defense is always a lot further along in the process at the beginning of a season than an offense, especially one that's breaking in a new quarterback and most of your new offensive line. So I, I'm not worried about the game. Do I think it's going to look a little sloppy early on from the offense? Probably. But I'm also going to, you know, I've, I've kind of been toying with this idea that I think early in the season we're going to run the crap out of the ball because we have the tailbacks to do that. And I think it's going to be a lot more 50-50, if not 60-40, towards the run to try to really let the quarterback settle in. But I'm not worried about Indiana simply for the fact that I don't think they have a very good offense. And our defense is going to be, I think, a much improved from last year. Based on what? Based on the fact that we have uh, a lot of you know zero players. About the defense right now. You know as uh, much as I do. Diddly dick. 
you know nothing about it. Well, sure. I mean, have I seen them play yet this year? No. What you're Am saying I going is that you hope the... that it's better than it was last year. I don't think I hope. <laughs> I feel I feel pretty confident that I feel like this defense will be better. I've I read mean, enough. It... I've read enough and seen uh, uh, the level ups that they're having, especially uh, in the back seven, that really make me believe that this defense is going to be better. So well, I'm be not hard. concerned. I'm not concerned about Indiana. I, do I think it could be sloppy? Be... Yes. Shouldn't be hard to be much better though than last year. Well, listen, shouldn't they, take a lot. That they had a they had a good season uh, up until I remember you know the second half of the season we, as we were kept watching games we're like man you know they're really starting to kind of fall off a little fall off a little and sure enough when we hit the big games when it really mattered that's where we saw the difference but I, I feel like we're going to clean some stuff up I mean this is only Jim Knowles' second year I mean it feels like Jim Knowles has been here for three years already doesn't it. I mean, and it does feel we've that been way. trying to and implement I'm, this system, but you know, this is his second year. His and he's had a full year under his belt now, and he really sees, you know, what the expectations are here at Ohio State. So I really believe that things are going to get cleaned up. Well, you know, a lot of people don't know this, but if you look at the statistical categories for our defense since Jim Knowles has came in, we've actually improved in almost every category. A, a lot of people don't know that. I know we have, and it's but it's just negated by the big plays that we gave up in the big games when we couldn't and statistically once you average them out sure they were better but those glaring issues that we had against michigan and georgia uh those are the things that needed to be cleaned up and they're not always seen on a stat sheet well okay well let's move on here how do you feel about notre dame yeah, so we're skipping past youngstown state western kentucky i don't think we need to talk about it no 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 notre dame that's going to be our first real test. And, you know, at first, I guess a while back, I wasn't really overly concerned. I know we didn't beat them by a lot last year, and we struggled a little bit on offense, even with a, you know, where we probably shouldn't have. But this one is really going to be interesting, depending upon who our quarterback is and how well they play the first three games. Do I think our defense um, can play well in it? At this game, absolutely. Do I think Notre Dame is an, has an electric offense? No. But they're also bringing in Sam Hartman from Wake Forest, who is going to vastly improve their quarterback play. And it does make me nervous. I do think this is a potential game that we could lose. Um, it's only going to be the second game on the road for a new quarterback, and it's going to be a hostile environment. So, And it's going to be a night game. So. Well. I do. I, I'm a lot more worried about this game than I initially f- started feeling about it. You know, when I knew we were going to go to Notre Dame this year. Well, I am too because, first of all, it's Marcus Freeman. Um, you know, I don't need to go down the storyline with that, but um, you know, I, we're we're going to get their best. That's number one. Number two, a lot of things or something that everybody's kind of overlooking is that Notre Dame. We're going to be on week four. They're going to be on week five. They Do play, they play game week zero? Us. Yes. Okay. So they're going to have another week of experience than we have. Now, I'm not, I, I don't think by any means that we're going to lose this game. I'm just saying, I think we're going to get a little bit more of a ready to go Notre Dame than we expect. Um, I don't see this game being some kind of a, a blowout. I see it being a close game. I really do. Um, and like you said, it depends on who the quarterback is and, and how we look in the first couple of games. But this one makes me nervous. But to tell you the honest truth, the one that I was going to point out on this schedule that makes me more nervous than anything is the game after this one. So the game after that, we're at home against Maryland. And Maryland has kind of really been on the uptick the last few years. I know we keep saying Maryland. You can roll your eyes. But we saw how they played last year. Um, and they have a very uh, electric quarterback. Um, the capability of, I mean, he's now in the third year in that system, too. And uh, especially when you play teams like that, that have nothing to lose. They're going to throw everything at you. They're going to be going for it on fourth downs when they shouldn't be. They're going to be running fakes. You know, they're going to be throwing the kitchen sink at us. And those are games that, you know, if you do not show up and have your best and it's going to make it difficult. Now, the one good thing is that after Notre Dame, we're on a bye week. So we're not going to be going straight from at Notre Dame, then back home. So we do get the bye week. So um, hopefully See that to that, me, that's even worse. You, well, some people can look at it that way. And I agree that that can be a little bit of a letdown. But I think after a big game, I think it is important 
I mean, if you remember back in, what was it, 2018, uh, when we uh, lost to Purdue, 20, yeah, 2018, when we lost to Purdue, Yes, I'll really never bad. forget it. Yes. The week before <laughs> that is when we had that crazy comeback win against Penn State. Yeah, you get you have a letdown. You, you there's get, a letdown. So yeah, you let down. right. So that's why I think the bye week's good after that Notre Dame game. So regardless of the outcome, it gives us a chance to kind of catch our breath, um, rest a little bit after that first four games. You know, kind of you know reassess everything and then kind of get going again. See, I'm the opposite. I think if you have a bye week, you end up coming out flat. It's it's the same thing that happens to us every year when we play a bowl game because we got such a long wait at the end. Um, you come out flat. I think it's it's better to get into a rhythm and stay in a rhythm. Now, if health is a concern, that's a totally different story. But if health is not a concern, I'd as soon play in a rhythm. That's right. Me. So but, the next one I want to talk about after that, I'm going to skip past Purdue. I do not think Purdue is going to be good this year. I know it's at Purdue and. You know, maybe in the past that's been an issue, but I do not expect Purdue to be very good this year. So I'm not really worried about that one. But it is on October 21st when Penn State comes in. And Penn State is always been kind of, you know, it's always been a close game. I know they've only beat us once over the last, you know, 10 plus years, but that game is always close. And it kind of feels it's starting to feel like, you know, the tides are turning to where Penn State is really starting to give a push to can they top Michigan and Ohio State to win the Big Ten East. And they have two really good running backs, a really good defense, and they have a five star um, quarterback in Drew Aller, who I know he's new. But, you know, if he's as hyped as everyone says he is, and that's really been Penn State's issue over all those years is really good quarterback play, hasn't it been? Yeah, pretty much. And, dude, they just play us tough. They always play us tough. They always have played us tough, dude. And that's a game, I, to be honest with you, you know what you said? Like, well, you know, they haven't, they've only beat us once in, like hand, you know, in a handful of years. Yeah, they've only beat you once until they beat you twice. And that's the way I always look at it. I sleep on no one in the Big Ten, especially Penn State, 100%. And, you know, think about Michigan. We beat them a lot of times until we didn't beat them anymore. And that's where we're at now. So, dude, I don't sleep on Penn State. I look for them to give us a game in the shoe. Um, like I said, I don't. I still don't think we're going to lose that game, but I always get a little bit leery when we play Penn State, dude, no matter where it is. See, me personally, I think that is number two on my list of games for us most likely to lose this year. Um, not Again, I'm not, in, I'm not saying that we will, but I'm saying if I had to rank most likely to lose to – I would put them at number two, and I probably would put Notre Dame at number three. Uh, I mean, I can I can see that. Um, I could see that. If, if we're talking about for the fact that I know that we're going to lose and I had to pick which one it was, I'm probably going to go uh, – I would probably go Notre Dame number one um, only because that's so early in the season, and I don't know what we're dealing with. I don't know. We don't know what we're dealing with either. So the question mark of that makes me put it number one. Uh, Michigan, I think we're dealing with right now, as much as I hate talking about these bastards, um, I think we're dealing with one of the best Michigan teams all around that we've seen in our lifetime. I agree. And, you know, you you can't sleep on that. And then, you know, number three to me, probably be, sorry, number three to me would probably be Penn State. Okay. Well, I will tell you, uh, the game after that also worries me because not only um, is that going to be a difficult game, but then like a week later, then we have to turn around and go on the road to Madison, Wisconsin and play Luke Fickle's team. And you know that he is probably turned that around. They have a new offensive coordinator. They uh, they have some good players on that roster. They've had some transfers. I mean, that is not – I think for me that's number four on my list of most likely games that we might lose this year. I would agree, man. You know, I've never been to Madtown for a game, but uh, I served with a guy that's from there, and he showed me all kind of stuff on it. Like, I kind of learned about their their tradition up there, and, man, they party, dude. Holy cow, do they party. That place is wild. What the and hell is you going to do in Wisconsin? In, yeah, nothing, dude. Eat cheese and party. Yeah. That's it. And then eat cheese again. Yeah, that's right. And then party again. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think I would agree with you, man. That's probably... Uh, number four for me. So I think we picked out the same games, just in a slightly different order for different reasons. Yeah. And obviously, you know, I'm Rutgers 
is going to be what it is. Minnesota, I mean, could be somewhat challenging, but I don't think it's going to be much of a game. And obviously, the weird, awkward night game <laughs> on November 11th against Michigan State, which we're going to be showing some uh, those new gray unis that we saw on Twitter that are going to look real good. Um, but number one on my list, and I think our most challenging game is going to be that last one at the end of the year. That's my number one most likely to lose. I have to agree, man. Uh, right now they have our number until they don't have it anymore. So um, that's kind of the way I feel about it. You know, dude, when was the last time that you can really remember us coming into this game? You know, because I would say. And being like a true underdog. Being a true dog. Yeah. Not not like, okay, you're worried about it. You're nervous because the rivalry and maybe they've won. You've won a bunch. So, you know, it's their time eventually. No, this is one. More than obviously in 2020, I'm sorry, 2021, that was a little more unexpected. We didn't really expect that to happen. And honestly, last year didn't really expect that either. And had we just executed some better things, I think we probably should have won that game last year. I know it wasn't close by the end, but realistically, if you go back and look at all the plays and uh, key moments of that game, that was a game that we were still probably the better team, in my opinion, but we just did not play well. Yeah. And this is the first time that I think that we are probably the true underdog. I think Michigan is probably overall from top to bottom the better team. Do I think we have some better athletes on our team than them? Yes. But they have they're bringing back so much from last year's team and a lot of those players can even level up and be better than they were last year and I think a lot of what's going to happen at the end of this year is going to come down to health uh, from both teams. Which team is coming in there as much full strength as possible? So, I don't know, man. It just, I, I don't feel good about it yet. And I really need to see this team play for a handful of weeks to kind of get a gauge if I feel like that is a realistic expectation for us to win that game at the end of the season. Yeah, absolutely, man. So, I think our, let me ask you this. Before we kind of look at the broad landscape of all of college football, um, what do you think our ceiling and our floor would be in regards to a record of going through uh, the regular season here? And you can also include the Big Ten Championship in there if you want to. Um, but what do you think our ceiling is looking like and our floor? Realistically, I, mean, I, I think Ohio State will always have a ceiling of just running the table completely. And I can think of I don't know how many times that we should have run the table and didn't. Or that we were talented enough to and haven't. I mean, I don't feel any different this year. Um, depending on the quarterback, you know, I, I like I said, I don't know what we're dealing with. But even if the quarterback is slightly above average, I still think we have a chance of beating pretty much everybody uh, until we get to the playoffs. Then we'll see. But everybody in the Big Ten, at least. Um, as far as what's our <laughs> basement, to be honest with you, when I look at this, I can see us. I can see us losing two games probably. I think two games would be. Uh, the basement for us. Um, but I, I don't think it's outside of the realm of possibility to say we lose a, ga a game to Notre Dame early and then lose to Michigan at the end of the year. I don't think that that's out of the realm of possibility. I think that's probably, you know, realistic. Um, I agree. Uh, Ohio State in any, any given year, um, there's not enough teams on. Like I said, we're only probably true underdog to one team on our schedule. And really, it's going to be probably close to a coin flip. I mean, even right now, early odds is Michigan's favored by two and a half. So it's essentially going to be close to a coin flip, right? Um, I do agree that, you know, running the table is our ceiling. Um, but as the basement, the floor, I think there is some way that we could lose three. Um, I just, I, I, I can say that we could, Probably will win the Wisconsin game, but I think there is a way, uh, a, a road that happens where we lose to Notre Dame, Penn State, and Michigan. Do I think that's going to happen? No. But is there potential there? Again, we are not really sure what we're going to see yet because of the new faces on offense on exactly what we're going to get. So, again, I'm just saying basement. Like, the worst we could absolutely do, I think, would be three losses. That's fair. I can see it. So, obviously, I think that we have a team, at least 
one that we know can compete for a CFP spot. Uh, it's way too early to call whether or not we think we have a national title contending team. Uh, but with the schedule we have, it's not easy. We do have some things that we need to navigate through through that uh, schedule. But um, we do have potential to I, – I, I, at the end of the day, it's going to come down to that Michigan game and whether or not we go through to the Big Ten uh, championship game. And hopefully we get to do it this year and move on to the CFP. So what I want to ask you is – Let's kind of look overall, and we're, we're not going to take a ton of time on this, but let's kind of go through each conference, and I want you to kind of tell me who are your contenders to actually make the CFP. And then maybe we'll wrap it up and we'll do a little fun way too early, who's your top four. So okay. let's just start with the Big Ten, and I think that's easy. Can we both agree that it's Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State? Those are the contenders, right? I don't even put Penn State in there. Penn but State's you don't. You almost have. You almost have to because if they can somehow no. pull out a split between Ohio State and Michigan, and you have some three-way tie, and Penn State only loses one game all season, and it's to either Michigan or Ohio State, they have a crack at it. Not a and chance. And that's not even with them winning the Big Ten. Penn State's not going to the playoffs unless they run the table, which is never going to happen. They're not going. All they're right, just, let me ask they're you a second-tier Big Ten team. I just don't see it happening. Let me ask you this: What about Wisconsin? No. Because nope. there's a very good chance they might potentially win the West and may only have one loss, which could be to Ohio State. They don't have the brand to get in the playoffs. You and I both know that. It's not happening, dude. They they would have to go unbeaten or win the Big Ten with one loss to get it's, in. It, and but we don't. Then, they are not getting the benefit of the doubt of almost every single name in the top 15. They're not getting it. Okay. So we're kind of agreeing maybe on two. I'm thinking two. I think it's Ohio State and Michigan right now, dude. And I think next year when they redraw all the lines or whatever they're going to do, we're having a different conversation. But oh, this my gosh. Year, that's going to be a big conversation when we talk about those 12 spots. Yeah, but right now I just don't see an actual national title contender other than Ohio State and Michigan. Okay, so national title contender, but I'm just talking like getting well, to the CFP. Well, there's only freaking four teams in it, man. So <laughs> Sure. So. <laughs> All right. So once you give me, let's go Pac-12 for the last year of the Pac-12. Who are uh, your contenders out of the Pac-12? I mean, if you want me to let you know, USC and the AP poll, which AP poll obviously doesn't mean anything. I mean, you could pretty much rip this up after the first couple of weeks, but for some sort of, I, I guess, baseline, USC is ranked sixth. Uh, you have Washington ranked tenth. You have Utah 14th, Oregon 15th, and I don't really need to go past that. Oregon State's ranked 18th, but I'm not worried about that. Well, USC to me is a wild card, dude. How good are they going to be? Now, the fact that they got Lincoln Riley at the helm kind of makes me want to respect that a little bit um, and see what he's going to bring because I do believe that uh, you know if he can get all his things clicking like he wants to, man, some people are in trouble. So USC, but also he hasn't shown a defense, kind of like the same situation we're in. Uh, since he's been at USC. So if he can get that squared around, and I know he's done the same thing like Ryan Day has and tried to bring in somebody to try to shore up that defense. If he can do that with that offense, dude, I think they're going to be dangerous. Um, outside of them, though, to be honest, the only one I really see, I really don't see, I don't see Washington being a contender. They're, they're a second-tier football team, and I don't think they're going to be anywhere near the playoffs. Um, Utah is very interesting to me. You already know that I'm a big fan of their quarterback. Huge fan of their quarterback. Um, do I think they have what it takes to make it to the playoffs? Most likely not. Okay, I would be more, um, I would be more likely to see Oregon make it than them. To be totally honest with you, but but Utah is interesting to me just because I love the quarterback so much. He's a gamer, um, and so they're kind of on my radar. But to be honest with you, I really think that the question mark of USC. Um, would really be the only true contender for me in that conference. Um, I partially agree. Um, I think USC is their best chance, but I think it is going to be yet another year of no Pac-12 teams in. I think that the league has a little more depth. Well, I do too, but you told me I had to pick. Well, I know, and I, I don't disagree. <laughs> I think that's their best option, but do I really think someone from the Pac-12 is going to get in this year? I don't, because I feel like they actually have enough depth um, and better teams that I think they're going to beat themselves up a little bit. Uh, Oregon's always been a decent team. Utah is still expected to be pretty good this year. Washington's, you know, highly ranked, and there's a lot of expectations there. Plus, Oregon State has the transfer quarterback from uh, Clemson, and they went, I think, 10-2 and two last year. 
So, I mean, I think there's it, it's going to be really difficult to get through that. And USC even has to play Notre Dame. So, do I think that there's going to be no worse than a one-loss Pac-12 champ? I don't. I think everyone in that uh, in that conference is going to have minimum two losses. And to this date, no one has ever gotten into a Final Four with two losses. So, I actually am going to say if anyone's USC, but I I'm not really picking a contender out of the Pac-12. I think you're right, but I will say this. I would not be shocked if USC was undefeated. I will say that. I don't think it's going to happen, but I wouldn't be shocked. Well, they still got a lot of question marks on defense. I mean, we've heard a lot of things. They've gotten some key transfers in, even one big player from Georgia that was a starter. Um, they're trying to improve that part. But, I mean, they, they got a tough schedule they got to go through, and it's not a cakewalk. And getting through that you know, unscathed is going to be difficult. So. I mean, that's that's yeah. kind of where I stand. I just don't think a Pac-12 team is going to make it this year. I don't either. All right, so let's go to the Big 12. And the Big 12 looks new this year um, with the additions of, what is it, BYU, UCF, uh, Cincinnati. Um, I can't remember. I think there's another one. But the, um, those are not teams that obviously are going to be CFP caliber or have a chance. Um, I think there is... Two, really one, but maybe two. And I think Texas is probably going to be a possible CFP contender. Um, I think even though they have a chance to run the table in the Big 12, a lot's going to be said, I think, week two when they play Alabama and go to Alabama. If they can win that game, man, I mean, it's going to be annoying as hell because we're, we're going to be hearing all this Texas is back crap. But I do not believe Oklahoma is a good football team yet. I mean, they had a losing record last year. Uh, Kansas State, even though they won the Big 12 last year and beat TCU, I don't see them being a CFP contender. I think they're a good team, but I don't see them, you know, vying for a Final Four spot. And TCU lost so much. I don't see them being able to replicate what they did last year. So I'm pretty much only going to put Texas up top there, and that's it. I have to agree. Hook them horns, but you already knew that was happening. You already knew where I was going with this, man. I have Plus, been go ahead. I have been sold on Texas since we lost the mullet. Um, well, and he did lose his mullet this year. Yes. Um, I guess Morgan Wallen must have channeled his inner uh, quarterback and cut his off too. Um, I think Morgan Wallen's Morgan Wallen sent him a cease and desist letter on his mullet and made him cut probably. It. That's probably what it was. He's like, you cut that damn thing, boy. <laughs> <laughs> you cut that damn thing, boy. <laughs> um, dude, I'm all in on Texas. You know that. I like Texas. Um, I think if uh, you were stays healthy this year for an entire season, they're going to be dangerous. Do I think they're going to get into the top four? I do not. But I think they're going to be knocking on the door, man. I think that Texas, my hot take is that Texas finishes in the top eight this year. I think that's realistic, at least top 10. I think that's realistic, but I don't know. I mean, the Big 12, um, I don't think there's a lot of high-end teams there. I think they're, they're similar to the Pac-12, that they do have some depth, some good teams in there, but I don't think high-end-wise, it's not like the Big 10 and the SEC. Well, to me, you know what, when I look at this, the reason I say that is because I know some of these teams in the top have to play each other a bunch, and also I know there are some teams in there that – to me, are not going to end up there. Penn State's not going to end up there. Sorry, Psh, gone. How good is Florida State? We don't know. How good is Clemson? We don't know. Washington, not going to end up there. Psh, gone. So I feel like there's some open spots there. You know what I mean? You know, when I look at the rest of this list, that's who I see most likely to end up in that spot. All right, so let's go ahead and let's do the ACC next. We'll save the SEC for last. Uh, ACC, um, I will tell you, why don't you tell me who you think you're CFP contenders are in that conference ones that you think actually have a chance to make uh, the final four. I don't know because Florida state, everybody's hyped on Florida state. I've been hearing it constantly. I've read articles. Oh, Florida state's this Florida state's that they got this guy. They got that guy. I, dude, I, I don't know. To me, Clemson's always a contender, dude. As long as Dabo's there, as much as I hate him, I want to choke him to the ground. He's still who he is. Um, they're always a question mark for me. They're always never in the back of my mind. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me, you know, if they end up making a little bit of a run. But the question is, dude, is the real is the hype around Florida State real? 
But you're going to find out pretty quick because I believe game two, they play LSU um, at a neutral site. And then I believe only the fourth, fifth game of the season, they go to Clemson. So you're going to find out within their first three, four, five games if Florida State's for real or not. Well, we don't know really if, to be, let's be fair, we don't really know if LSU's real. Well, I we mean, have to Brian assume Kelly from last in, year they won the West and they're bringing they, back pretty much everybody. They won the West, but I'm not completely sold on Brian Kelly in the SEC yet. So we'll see. We'll see. So you're kind of Florida State Clemson from the ACC. Is Do you have anyone else? I mean, if I'm looking again at the AP, just kind of give us an idea. I mean, your next highest ACC team looks like it is North Carolina. No. Once again, um, like I said, I love all these teams and I love college football, especially anything else that anything that's a top 25 matchup and even out of the top 10 I love. But there's just certain teams in here that I don't really care what happens. They're not getting in. And they're not going to end up cracking the top eight. Okay. So kind of just two in the ACC. So that yeah. brings us to the SEC. No. I'm just kidding. <laughs> we got to do it. We got to do it. Um, I'll make it pretty simple. It's Georgia. It's Alabama. It's LSU. And that's it. Uh, I do not think Tennessee um, will give Georgia much of a challenge in the East. And I don't see any way Georgia doesn't lose a game all the way through to the SEC championship game. So you can go ahead and pencil Georgia in again. And then it's between Alabama and LSU. And I think that could be a coin flip. And there's potential two SEC teams could get in this year. Just like I think there's still potential two Big Ten teams could get in this year. So it's those three, Georgia, Alabama, and LSU for me. See, to me, it's one and then 2A, 2B. Georgia, I think, you know, you'd be a fool um, not to think that they were going to get in or, or be near the top at the end. But the question mark for me is that, dude, you know, Alabama's coming off of a down year for them. And, you know, I think it's going to be interesting how they respond. You know, is this team going to get back to the Alabama ways or is it going to be, you know, more of what we saw last year? Because I think if it is more than we saw last year, I think Brian Kelly has a good chance to take that spot away from Alabama. So I think you're right. I think it's going to be Georgia and it's going to be Alabama or LSU. So I'll tell you this. If Alabama doesn't win the West this year, at least, um, I think Nick Saban may be done. Um, this That'll be two ta- two straight years in a row. He doesn't make the SEC championship game. Uh, doesn't make the CFP, obviously. Um, they have a lot of question marks uh, at quarterback and offensive coordinator. I mean, right what now, do you the mean best by option. Done? You mean done by he retires or yeah. you mean done by he's fired? No, no, they will never fire him. No, they're never. Gonna, I was going to say, I was like, you're crazy. No, done as in like, I think, I think he'll hang it up or he may give it one more crack just because he knows he's almost penciled in for a 12 team playoff next year. But yeah. I think, you know, you're, you're starting to see Alabama slide just a little, aren't you? I mean, the torches obviously look like it's been passed kind of to Georgia, the kind of the Kings of football right now. And Alabama has didn't even win their side of the conference last year. Dude, and I that gotta, was and that was with a Heisman quarterback. Yeah. So give me right now. Let's let's do this real quick, just for fun. Right now, today, and we know we know dog shit about any of these teams hardly. Give me who your top four today. Give me who you think's in the CFP today. Like if if it ended today, I who would you pick? I know I'm going to sound like a homer, but I'm telling you, I really have a lot of faith in this Ohio State defense so much this year that I think if we have some issues on offense and it becomes sloppy at times, the defense is capable of winning us some games. So I do believe Ohio State will get over the hump with Michigan this year. Um, I mean – gun to my head right now and i have to answer i do think they get over the hump this year and we are one of the spots i think georgia is definitely another one of the spots and then i think i think michigan's going to get another spot too um i i think it's going to be two big 10 teams again and then i think it's going to be i'm going to go out on the ledge i'm going to say it florida state okay so well, Ohio State, michigan my... georgia florida state I'm going to give you my dream one, and then I'm going to give you what I really think is going to happen. Dream so one? I went a little bit on the ledge, by the way, on mine. I mean, if I had to bet my house on it, I would go with a lot more safer picks. I mean, I think most of them were safe. The Florida State one, I'm reaching a little. But if they can get through those first four weeks, man, I think they have a real shot. I don't think two Big Ten teams getting in. That's my that's my opinion. 
the year may tell otherwise, but I think only one of us is getting in. That's what I feel like. But if I had my dream, it would be Georgia, Ohio State, USC, Texas. If there's a better four out there for the sake of college football, please let me know because I don't believe there is. Yeah, brand-wise, I mean, I still don't think Georgia is as big a brand as some of those other teams, especially not Ohio State or Texas. But recency, yes, they're big. So, I, I, And I think the matchups that you're going to get out of those games, however you divide it up, I mean, I'm assuming – and I'll ask you this. Do you want a Georgia rematch? Because I sure do. I Even do, though that game will scare the crap out of me again, you're absolutely right. I want another You know what? I'm sorry for saying this. I want new blood too, man. Like, you know, yes, we've played Georgia. We've played Alabama. We've played Clemson a bunch of times. We, you know what I mean? I'm I'm tired of Clemson, TCU, Alabama. I'm tired of those matchups. Dude, I want Texas. I want USC. I want Tennessee. I want something else. Well, the one, the one for sure that if I had to bet my mortgage on it right now, that's going to make is Georgia. I mean, they obviously are one of the best teams, if not the best team in college football. And they have so much talent on the team, especially on the defense. And their schedule is cake this year. So I don't see any way possible that Georgia doesn't make it. I really don't. So there's one spot of not new blood, and you'd have to assume the Big Ten champ most likely, which is, we would agree, is going to be between Ohio State and Michigan. There's two. So your other two spots, I mean, sure, Texas and USC are, uh, yeah, USC, that's new blood. They've never been in before. Um, Florida State has never been in. Actually, I take it back. Florida State was in the first year, and then they got blown up by Oregon in the semifinal. But, you know, it's been since the first year since they've been in. Clemson wouldn't be new blood. No. I mean, but realistically, if we went through every conference and listed off the real contenders, what are the new bloods in there? It's USC. It's Texas. It's who else? Florida State, maybe? I mean, we went through. I mean, we already kind of whittled it down to, what, 10, 12 teams? Yeah. Is there a so let me ask you this while we wrap this up. Is there a sleeper, a realistic sleeper? And this could be a group of five. Not that I think there's a Cincinnati team out there this year, but is there a group of five team or a team from that we haven't even mentioned that is that even though we said they're not actual contenders, but a sleeper team? Because no one yeah. thought TCU was a team last year, right? Utah. So you're taking Utah as your sleeper yeah. to get in. I sure am. Now do I think that's realistic for them to get in? No. But do they have the pedigree? Absolutely. Absolutely, dude. They could get that. I mean, they could. I could see it. Dude, that's a gritty football team, man. That is a gritty football team. I'm telling you right now, do I do I think that they will actually get in? No. But if I look at this list right here and I look at a team that maybe, you know, has a chance that's not a big name school like a Florida State, USC, LSU, you know, Notre Dame to get in and I'm looking at it, man. I like Utah. Yeah, so I got a sleeper team. Um, <laughs> it's not one I want to see in there, but the sleeper team, depending upon how we play them and depending upon uh, a couple of the matchups, is Notre Dame because they are playing some big-time teams, and if they can beat us, if they can beat USC, if they can get through there, because they don't have a conference championship. So if they can get through their schedule with one loss and those two are in the win column, I think Notre Dame has a real shot. Yeah, well, to me, Notre Dame could never be a sleeper. I, I think, okay, so you're just talking based on brand. I mean, Notre Dame has been in there, what, once or twice? Well, you said a team that's like a group of five or like... Well, I'm just saying you know. could go to the group of five for your sleeper. Okay, so you want to go non-brand team. Yeah, I mean... you, But Utah's kind of a brand now, isn't it? I mean, they've won the Pac-12 the last two years. I mean, they're a brand like Boise State's a brand. Like nah, TCU's they're a bigger a brand, brand than them. You know what I mean? Like they're, they're having their moment in the sun right now. Um, but I don't think that they're a a sustainable brand. You know, uh, to me, they're on the same levels as TCU, Boise State. Well, I, th- I think I think Utah's a good pick because the Pac-12. I I still think there's three four teams that could win the Pac-12. I don't think a sleeper could realistically come out of the Big Ten or the SEC. Because there's too many high dominant dominant teams in those leagues. Um, Big Twelve has potential, so I guess you know technically Kansas State could be a sleeper. It's not really a big brand school technically for football, 
I mean, they've been good. Um, they've had better, you know, years in the past. But I mean, that based on brand, I mean, that's a sleeper team. Yeah. But I just, I, I the more I look at it, man, I'm just, I'm finding it hard to find a TCU kind of team this year. How about I, I this? just, I don't see it. What is the most intriguing team for you that's not Ohio State that you are most interested in watching this year? Well, that's a good question. Um, I'll be honest, Florida State. I, I, think I I'm am. With you. I am fascinated to watch how Florida State pans out. I mean, and they got some really good games. Uh, I'm excited to watch them. I'll be I'll be keeping an eye on them, especially the LSU game and then at Clemson. Um, I'm not a Florida State fan, but that is a team that does intrigue me. Yeah, I'm with you. I think for me, it's it's Florida State, it's Texas, and Utah. Those are my three teams that I'll be watching. You know, other than the Buckeyes, just because Florida State, I don't know what the heck's going on. Texas, I want to know what a full season of yours looks like. And Utah, I love Cam Rising, dude. So, yep. you know, I, I'm going to watch all three of those teams. Good call. Yeah, man. Well, hey, dude, let's wrap this thing up, dude. Yeah, sorry we went a little bit longer. I know we've been keeping our episodes short. But it's football season. We want to talk football. And, and we got a website. And we yeah, we got a website. <laughs> and uh, one thing I didn't mention about the website, we also, if you browse through that, you'll see that we also have a page there where it's contact us. And you can put your name, email, and a message, and it sends it directly to us. And it's a great way, if you want to contact us, let us know about some show topics, maybe some things you want to hear, some input. And you never know if we really you know, read something that we like, we may give you a shout-out on the air. So definitely reach out to us. Check out the website if you haven't done so. Absolutely, man. Um, go to the website. Davis, <laughs> tell them it. where they can find us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's getting late, man. All right, guys. Um, you can find us on uh, all major streaming services, Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music. We also now have them on our website. Uh, we also have a Facebook page as well as Twitter. So if you haven't got a chance to, go follow those. Go give us a like. Uh, give us a shout-out. We also share other information on there as well. And we do have uh, big news upcoming uh, that we've not revealed. Uh, we're still in the works with figuring it out. But uh, stay with us. Stay posted because uh, there's going to be some exciting things happening coming up. So until next time, guys, go Bucks. OH.